You might not hear it here first, but the conversation here is different because it includes you. Politics, diversity, religion, social justice, and what the hell were you thinking moments. Thought-provoking, inspirational, and sometimes shocking. Welcome to the Winner's Circle. Annette Latigue is here. It's time for Word on the Curb. I'd like to invite you to see us on Facebook at the Black Girls Locker Room, What Trenton Really Makes, Word on the Curb, and on YouTube. On YouTube, please hit the like, subscribe, and share button. And as I often remind you, I'm not advertising, but here it is. Here it is. It's watermelon water. I have trouble drinking regular water. I want you to drink water, eat fruit, moisturize your feet, hands, and face, and mind your business. That's how we grow, and that's how we glow. Tonight, I'd like to thank my sponsor, the Ingram Kingdom Mobile Kitchen. I'd like to shout out a few podcasts, Dear Sis Podcast. I can never forget Trenton Waves. They're a big part of what I do. I want to shout out Elisa's Catering. I want to shout out Sakina Iman. Congratulations on your daughter moving ahead to the 12th grade. Girl, you're getting ready to find a whole new world. And Sakina said she wanted another baby. I told you I was going to put your business in the street, didn't I? That's what you get for saying it. And uh, I'd like to shout out the Big Easy. They're doing some great things over there in Ewing and at downtown Trenton. I'd like to shout out the Smokehouse. They are moving and shaking. My sorority sister and her husband at uh, 9-11. They're in Willingboro. They're at Newark Airport. And of course, they're in T-Town, downtown Trenton. Check them out. Tonight, I have a very special guest. And I'm excited about this because I've known Lance for a little bit. I've watched his footwork. And tonight, we start a new segment that will roll continuously off and on word on the curve. It's called point of view. And that's where we'll have guests on and they'll be sharing their point of view about various topics. Tonight, Lance is sharing about business, entrepreneurship, politics, and life. His experience, strength, and hope. Come on, Lance, introduce yourself. Good evening. Good evening. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, we we really have known each other for a little while now. And um, yes, you know, the the more and more I talk to to my family members, I'm I'm amazed that you know they they all say nothing but great things about you. And and I just didn't mm-hmm. know that my mom and my cousins and my aunts and all of them knew you as as well, if not better than I than I did. Um than I do that's nice to um, hear. But they all they all say some very, very beautiful things about you, which I already know, but I, I just want to give you your flowers while you're here and tell you keep doing what you do. We love you and um, you know, we appreciate the work that you do in our city and our county, um, in our state. And um it, it you know, every eye closed is not sleep. Um and uh, we appreciate the work that you're doing. So thank you. Thank you, Lance. That's very kind of you and your family. Thank you. Yep. So talk to us. So who are you? Who are you? Who are you? So in a few words, who are you? Lance Lance Lopez was, in my opinion, this quiet guy who was just um interested in trying to help our 
Trenton community. And I was born and raised in Trenton, New Jersey. Um, in my in my high school years, um, my father was a Trenton police officer. Uh, mm. Just didn't want me to go to to Trenton High. Um, uh, he he wanted me to have a, a better educational opportunity. Uh, so he moved to Hamilton. Um, and as much as I didn't see the forest for the trees, um, one of the one of the best things that I think he could have ever done um, at my young and tender age was to send me to a different school system because um, I wasn't focused. Um, okay. There's a lot of us that that claimed that we was focused and we all would have done the right thing and, and been a better productive citizen in, in society. But um, I thank God for, you know, my father who who saw the forest for the trees and, and wanted more and did, mm -hmm. just didn't want to see us get into any kind of trouble, um, which could have easily been a path that I would have went down um, had I decided to or had he decided to continue to send us to the uh, Trenton schools, because uh, at that time we were we were very um, we were very influenced by you know people in our community and That's you right. know what they say about cop kids and, and preachers kids. Yeah. You want a bad child, you make them a preacher and a cop kid, and you're gonna have a child that's gonna give you a hard time. So, um, you know, I was I was fortunate enough to uh, to uh, you know get an, another opportunity, a different opportunity where. I was educated in the Hamilton Township School System in my in my high school years, and then moved on to the military, where uh, I joined the Army after not long mm. after. Um, That's right, you are a veteran. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Thank um, you for serving. You're welcome. And I got married at a very, very, very young age. Um, and again, even though my father. Um, steered us in a, in a in a great direction to to have an education um i just felt that college wasn't for for me um and we we took a different route me specifically and you know we were spoiled as well mm -hmm. so um i got married very very young i was 20 years old when i got married mm -hmm. um and you know in in that marriage we had four four beautiful kids um and I have another daughter by a previous relationship. So there was five kids that I was raising. Um, and during, during that time, um, I was married for 26 years. Uh, mm -hmm. And in 2017, we were just both going in two different directions. Uh, we had matured a little bit on one side and had different views on another. Um, mm -hmm. So it was time that we, you know, just go our separate ways and, you know, get along for the sake of the kids. and. And become good co-parents, and you know, and 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 watch the kids grow and try to flourish as much as they possibly can. Uh, now, I salute both of you for that. Yeah, I had yeah. a training uh, day before yesterday about um, you know generations and and how you know the generations impact us along the way and some of the things we need to change and some of the things we don't, but the ability to co-parent is not always easy. So salute to you and your co-parent, Adela. Right, right, right. We, we done an excellent job um, yes. in, in making sure the last two. So it was more so the effects that it had on the younger two kids and that, and it affected them during they, their high school year. So 
it was at ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth grade year that they was affected by it. Um, but they got past it, and um, we were able to move on. And again, we get everybody get along. Uh, I'm now married again. I just got married last October, October first, uh, to my wife, uh, uh, Dawn Lopez. Um, and uh, we're coming up on our one year anniversary. So, um, again, uh, I, I currently live in Titusville, um, but uh, everything that I do, I do it in the great city of Trenton um, because that's where my roots are. And we have a beautiful uh, 10 year old daughter, uh, my stepdaughter Ava. Um, and uh, we just got, you know, one kid in the house and the other two 20 year olds are you know in between school working and military um you know come and go as as they they need to so had a wonderful opportunity to meet your beautiful wife and lovely daughter your stepdaughter your Mm -hmm. bonus daughter right congratulations on that dawn is an awesome host and so salute to her as well you both are but dawn is very gracious she's very gracious yeah she Having had um, the opportunity to meet her, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you came out. Um, obviously, we, you know, politically, um, if we want to run it, run into politics. Um, yeah, come on. You know, this thing called politics. I didn't know I really wanted to get into it, but I got in politics because I ran a, a labor union, the largest mm-hmm. law enforcement la- labor union in the in the state. And one of the things that I said when I became the president of that union was, and I've seen this over the years, um, there was a president, there was a, there was a several predecessors before me. One in particular, uh, Thomas Little, was a was a great leader, and mm-hmm. and hats off to him. God rest his soul. He died very early in my career i probably had less than five years and the vision that he saw for our our labor union um and what he gave back to our community i haven't seen that kind of give back since since he was the the president of our organization and one of the things that i said was if i ever have an opportunity to ever leave this labor union that i would give back to this to this city um okay. what they have been what they haven't been getting for years and for us to be a full-fledged law enforcement labor union um which is headquartered right in the city of trenton the capital city right across the street from the state house yep we we the, the same way our citizens we re- require and request and hope that the state will pay their fair share when it comes to tax relief and property taxes for these state buildings that's in our city. They should require that for some of these organizations that have their headquarters right here in the cities and and benefiting from them, give back to your community. So that was one of the things that I said to my organization, which was we have to be a part of the process. The reason why law enforcement in general get a bad rap is because they see people who come to their community, take from their tax base and leave and give that money to somebody else. And that and that's what pisses people off. Um, and one of the things that I said that I would do is I would find a way to make sure that we gave back to our community. 
Um, and during, during my four-year tenure at the PBA, um, I'm really, really happy to say that we probably gave given um, upwards of $400,000 to community organizations. You guys did a great job. Around the state. And more particularly, Trenton probably got about 150000 of that from various organizations okay. and fundraisers and sponsorships and things like that. If they called, um, we were there to help our community out. And one of the things that I said, the only way you get bills passed Mm -hmm. and legislation passed is you have to one show your community that you're there for them first right. and prove to them that you have good intentions um three was to stop the abuse of convicted felons inside these prison walls because everybody that's locked up is not a criminal that's um, right. and there's a lot of people who are, who are locked up through no fault of their own, but just in the, at the wrong place at the wrong time. And yep. the circumstances really don't warrant them to spend that kind of time in jail. Um, so again, I, I was just fortunate enough to connect with legislatures and, and political leaders in a way that resonated with them. And then I became believable um, after one, doing the things that I did in the community, and then mm -hmm. two, the membership saw a, a huge difference in how professionally the organization was ran, um, which got me into the political uh, arena um, in which I thought of the assembly, and this is when Liz Moyo was going to run for assembly, and of course I yelled to Liz Moyo, who was the chairperson at the time, but what mm -hmm. I respected about her is she brought me into the party um, and with open arms. And she did not hesitate, even though I was potentially running for a position that um, she she had her eyes set on as well. But she welcomed me into the party. So that that never fell on deaf ears um, when I was when I right. when when she asked to um, to yield to her for for that assembly seat. Um, as well as Sam, um, who who also eyed that seat, um, who also asked to yield the seat, and and I believe he was involved in the the county um, committee yes. folks as well as yes. he was the freeholder at the time, now called yes. commissioners. Yes. Um, and um, then I got involved on the the commissioner side and. I remember all so well when I decided that I was going to run for commissioner at committee and I lost by just 18 votes, I think it was, at convention. Um, and again, it was it was eight candidates. Um, I was I was counted out and I was counted out. Not by everybody. I was not by everybody. First, right. Um, in the first round and I went all the way to the last round and, um, you know, and Nina Melker, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't have lost to a better person. Um, Nina, great commissioner. Nina, great. Yes. She's a great commissioner. She's doing the work for the people in our, in our County, which I love about her. Um, she answered my calls. If I call her, she's there for people. Um, and she's she already a great, great person. So yes. hats off and shout out to, to Nina for the great work that she's doing in the county as well. And, and you know what? You make a good point. But let's delve a little bit more into this because 
what I want you to share about is your experience with that. So if there's a younger person out there that wants to run for office, from your experience, humbly and honestly, what would you tell them? Well, what I, what I would say is, one, know that you really, really, really want to do it. Um, okay. And and what? And I could have ran again. I could have ran several times again. Um, here was the here was the thing about why I said that I that I wouldn't run the second time. Um, okay, is because what I cried for was diversity, um, mm -hmm. and it wasn't that it wasn't that I really wanted it. I wanted diversity more than I wanted to be the commissioner. Okay, um, and when when. Terrence, when Terrence became the commissioner, we we got a leg in to be, become shout out to Terrence, right? Stokes. Um, we got we got a leg up where we added another a diverse commissioner. Now, don't get me wrong, we still have a long, long way to go because Absolutely. there is Absolutely. no Latino that sit on the uh, commissioner board. Um, and I, and I don't believe there's a veteran that sits on on the commissioner board as well. So, right. um, you know, but the young people who want to get involved and who want to run, don't let nobody tell you you can't do it. That's right. Don't, you know, shout out to John Reigns. You know, yes. he always say, count your votes, know what your numbers are, know what your numbers That's right. are. So, you know, a lot um, of people can't count. A lot of people Even can't some of those count. who have been in politics for a minute. Absolutely. Right. Right. So um, that was that was that was the deal. You you have to be able to count. You have to contact people. You have to talk to them. You have to knock on doors um, and people who support you will support you. Um, you know, there was a lot of people that was upset with me about not running and running against the party. But again, it was a, the bigger picture. It wasn't about me. It was about diversity. Um, and it was about us having a seat at the table. Um, and if we have a seat at the table, at least we're moving in that in a right in a positive direction. So, um, you know, we I think I think we got what we wanted when we started saying um, and, and speaking on diversity. And we still have a ways to go. I'm not saying that we don't. Um, but, you know, at right now at 52. Um, I think that there are some younger folks out here um, that need to to really, really think about and debate with themselves first to see if this is something they want to do and then get back into it. Because I do have a problem with the older generation of politicians who's just not teaching um, the younger generations on how to become a successful or a politician that they may find themselves wanting wanting to take up as a career. Um, we we have to teach. We have to teach people and help people and not be threatened by somebody having more knowledge than somebody else. It's about doing the work and bringing people up to do the work in the community as they had. You make a point again that first I want to go back to something that you said. You said that there were some people who had feelings about the fact that you would run against the party. I don't think that's possible in the democratic society to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. I believe that any and everybody who wants to run should have the opportunity to do that. And the very fact that there are some 
who feel like they should be in office for the term of their life is wrong. Right. And at each step, I always believe that the people, and I still do, determine the term limits. But if folks want to see change, they have to participate in it. They, have, they to. have to participate in it. You have to participate in the change. I think that there is a wonderful opportunity for people to be involved. You have some people now, I think, who are moving towards doing the right thing. And then you have some people who are just as stubborn and obstinate and uh, refusing to listen to anybody other than themselves when it comes to being in an elected office. They will eventually suffer the consequences of that because I think mm -hmm. there is a new movement with the younger generation to be involved and to be committed to. But in terms of running, that's everybody's right. Everybody and nobody has the right to tell them that they can't do it. So right. thank you for that, Lance. Right, thank they you. Definitely should follow their dreams. And um, we have somebody who says that they should not be threatened by others. They absolutely should not. Because if you're doing your job, you'll retain your seat. Absolutely. Absolutely. And after we a certain point, that. you need to move on. We used to say that in the union office, too. Nobody, you know, you get complacent when you don't have a potential challenger. And challenge only makes you strong. That's right. That's right. So you stay on your feet when you That's when right. when there's somebody out there that could potentially right. take your seat. That's right. And everybody who wants to run should prepare to run. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of unprepared people sitting across the state in seats that they shouldn't be in. It's not just Trenton. It's in a lot of places. Right. And one of the things you find, you can tell when people are prepared to do a job, a job and an elected official uh, understands their role, they commit to the people first. Right. right. And not the politics. They also surround themselves with capable qualified people. Right. And when they don't, you can see the difference. Right. Right. You can see the difference. And so yeah, absolutely. That's right. So telling people that, you know, they can run and they should run if that is their choice, um, I think is a wonderful idea. But tell us a little bit about some of the things, you know, you actually learned in this run for commissioner, beyond the fact that uh, Nina Melker makes a phenomenal uh, commissioner and you couldn't have uh, lost or learned in a better experience than with somebody like her. Nina is doing her thing. She's very responsive. She responds. She calls you back. She understands the principles before personality piece of politics. A lot of elected officials don't. Right. And I believe, I mean, here's the here's the thing about me. I I thought, I think I'm a hard worker, um, and and I and I actually, you know, I I actually love the fact that people know I work hard. Um, and, yes. But I will say this: you got to work harder than hard to to be in politics. Um, yes. You just cannot be a hard worker. You have to be you have to be married to serving the people, um, and I've I've learned I learned that, and may, maybe that portion of it is what I didn't do, um, which didn't get me across the finish line, um, but 
that's not a bad thing either um because maybe that's what that's that that wasn't for me at the time maybe i just needed to bring certain lights to certain situations and certain things that was taking place in mercer county i, I mean i always said during the time that i was running that mercer county can do more for its veteran community um that was my belief that's still my belief um that's my wish um and it seems like the attention that uh, mercer county veterans are getting from uh, assemblyman dan benson is powerful um he's a he's a great great candidate um before he even thought about politics on a county level um mm -hmm. he he was there with me when i was serving as president of the union and i was having press conferences and talking about issues that faced us every day he was there for us he was the, you know and there were he was over law and public safety but when we were wrong on certain issues and he couldn't speak on on our behalf he told me mm -hmm. he couldn't so he kept it 100 with with me um, which I respect. And he did the right thing for the people in his district that, that he had to serve. And because of that, the fruits of his labor is certainly coming to fruition. And um, I think he'll make an excellent, excellent county executive come uh, January. I agree with you. I think one of the things I admire most about Dan, and you raised his name, is because, you know, his big tent theory is real. Mm -hmm. Dan is uh, one of the first people in a long time. And even now, I admire and respect the outgoing uh, county exec. Not his entire team, but I do respect him. Mm -hmm. Dan brought people to the table. He's bringing people to the table who have never had the opportunity to sit before because so many people take for granted that because they're Democrats and I'm a strong Democrat, that you'll just simply vote for them. And I'm telling the people today, look for something different in Dan Benson, something different in that he does want to, you to be included. Does that mean everybody's going to get a job? No. Does that mean everybody's going to get a contract? No. What it means is that he will hear you he will visit you. He will be in your community. He'll be talking, you know, with you and sharing ideas and hearing what you have to say. Dan has the ability to listen, absorb, sort out, and move forward in a way that works best for everybody. So I salute him. I'm absolutely supporting him. And I'm looking forward to him taking the reins in Mercer County. And what, so, and what I love about him is that he doesn't take votes for granted. And we know no. we're, we're living in a generation now where the Democratic Party doesn't vote in the way that they used to vote decades ago, where they just went down the Democratic line and just hit the lever for the Democratic candidates all right. the way down the line. They're starting to pluck vote and, and go with other candidates off the line of the traditional party line. And that is because of the, the millennials and other Democrat young groups that, that are fed up and tired of hearing the older generation Democrats saying, just vote down, straight down the Democratic line. Now, I'm all for um, voting down the, the Democratic line, and I want to stick with our county chair and make sure that we support it and following 
what our democratic beliefs are. But we also must bear in mind and keep in mind that we have to figure out a way where the younger generation is more inclusive in the decision-making that go on in the Democratic Party and make them part of the process. And once they become a part of the process, then they can teach their 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 group of individuals and in within their organization, yes. listen, this yes. is why we should go in this direction because yes. of these values here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and you're talking about in my family, we, we're three generations of law enforcement, my father, my myself, and, and now my daughter. And we have a lot of people who, who just hate cops um, and who hate law enforcement in general. And one of the things that I say is, you know, we do a lot of things. We go out here, we get tickets, we get um, all these things that happening and, the, and, and police officers out here find a way to give you know, for us to get a record, now we can get these jobs that are paying great salaries and great money. But in order to be, in order to stop the police violence that's going on that's taking plagues in our cities, we mm -hmm. have to be a part of the process. And that process is that we have to get African Americans on board, and somebody has to be willing to say, I'm going to put that badge on and go in my own community and work in my community to make sure that we can clean up our community and stop allowing other people who don't live in our community, who don't spend those dollars in our communities, who don't take care of our families in our in those communities. That's that's a part of that process. So the same way that we that we think about do it, doing it on a from a political side of the democratic values, we have to start thinking about that when it comes to either law enforcement or firefighters or what have you in our communities. So that way we can make sure that they're protected and they're safe out here in these streets. That That's pretty cool, Lance, because I think that um, the misrepresentation from some officers is not the feeling and thoughts of all. There are bad officers and there's good officers. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is until we start participating and voting and becoming a part of some of these things, we're not going to turn them around. Our problem is we don't vote. Yeah, absolutely. We don't vote. Absolutely. That's, that's a reality. We don't vote. And until you have over uh, 40 some odd thousand of registered voters in the city. And when you have a 7,000, 8,000, 9,000, 10,000 turnout, that's How crazy. Horrible is that? And somebody said absolutely. And they said the Democratic Party, when voting, it should always be reminded of the questions that need attention on the ballot. It should be answered of every election. That's true. Watch mm -hmm. for the questions. The other thing is you got to learn how to hold your elected officials accountable. Absolutely. You don't do it. You think if your elected official shows up and speaks to you or attend your party. You had somebody in the North Ward who did nothing but attend parties and hang out with you and look at the North Ward. I'm not gonna call the name, but clearly there was no representation there. You can't hang out with me and represent me. You represent me in policy, in budgeting, and in decisions that impact economic equity. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. representation. Absolutely. We've lost that. Tell us a little bit about entrepreneurship, uh, Lance. What would you give a young business owner? What would you tell them? Because 
your business is called The Leaf, I believe? The Leaf Mobile, yes. The Leaf Mobile. So tell us a little bit about that. Like, what would you recommend for folks going so, into business? So, so th this was, it was something that I was toying around with for a couple of years. I never saw it before. Um, I know how extremely difficult it is to get a permit um, to open up an actual lounge in the state of New Jersey since they mm -hmm. got rid of the smoky, indoor smoking, um, yeah. especially if your building is touching someone else's building um, because right. of smoke contamination and food and, and drinks and stuff like that. So I was toying around with the ideal of having a, a mobile cigar lounge that would give me the ability to bring the cigar lounge experience to your location as opposed to you going to a lounge and having whether it's a bachelorette party bachelor party or any other celebration at the cigar lounge um this time it was COVID was getting really really thick during during this period mm. and i ended up going to atlanta and a good friend of mine is down there named christine um she has a she has a mobile cigar lounge and I, and I talked to her about it and I was telling her how serious I was about getting in. And she was like, you're not serious until you go and do it. Stop talking about it and just do right. it. Um, and she kept it really 100 with me. And I came back um, home to New Jersey and I was telling um, uh, Audrey, who was my executive assistant when I was at the uh, union office, um, mm -hmm. that I was that I was going to open up a mobile cigar lounge and she began to ask me what was it about how did you know um how is it going to work and I told her and then she was like well I want in I want to be a partner okay. um and she was like what you need and it took off from there and we we've opened it up in in 2020 um is when we started it uh, 21, we got it up and running, and it's really been successful. Uh, we have, we're probably rented three, sometimes four days a week. Um, okay. People call us, they we, we go out to their location. If it's a, the only thing that we say because there's an ordinance in parks that say you can't smoke in there, so they have to get a permit for a park, unless it's a waterway that's inside the park, then they can smoke in the park. Um, but we do have a lot of rentals. Um, believe it or not, it's mostly uh, women that rent rent the RV for that purpose. I'm not but surprised. It was, it's I'm not a, surprised. It's a class. It's a class A 39 foot uh, RV, which only requires a regular driver's license. You don't need a CDL or anything like that. Um, okay. And we have our, our tobacco license to allow us to sell cigars there as well. So. We got a How many does it seat? Um, eighteen people, nice and comfortable. Um, okay. When I was getting the work done, one of the things the construction guys was telling me, you should put a limousine seat in here. You can get more people in here. I said, I don't want more people in here. I want people to feel comfortable, and I right. want people to think that they're actually in a lounge. So we have real furniture um, in the in the RV, um, and we have a section in the back. And then we have a section up front and then we have obviously huge counter space with a couple of refrigerators for people to put whatever cold drinks that okay. they may have or one on there as well as uh, a couple of televisions one we can put outside and um they can watch tv sports and things like that and 
you know, it's to, to my surprise, uh, I didn't know we was going to be this busy. And um, <laughs> I think, yeah, well, I, t I told her we have to turn down jobs sometimes because I'm just not available to uh, okay. to take it everywhere. Well, I have to tell you that as a Cowboy fan, Sam Frisbee is, I think, an Eagle fan. And we want to host some type of a venue where the two teams can come together with no fighting, you know, a line down the middle mm -hmm. and watch an Eagles and Dallas game. And perhaps you guys will Absolutely. be able to show up and help us do some of that. Absolutely. We would love yeah. to. We would yeah. love to. I know, I know we're doing the Eagles and San Fran game um okay. in December. Um with the uh, the young kid that just got drafted from Penn State. Okay. Uh, and he went to Trenton High, Trenton High alumni. So where are you gonna be with that game? So oh, we'll, you're be be in, we'll be in, in Philly. In Philly. Yeah. Okay. So, that sounds so, interesting. I, I, yeah, I think I'm excited. throwing down a gauntlet, Sam. I'm, I'm challenging you to get this uh, game together for us. Tell Sam, don't talk about it. Be about it. Don't talk about it, Sam. Be about it. That's what Mr. Lopez said. Okay? So come on. I know you're a little frightened, you know, the Eagles and the Cowboys, but it's okay. We're going to be gentle with you. Get the, get the uh, event together. He promised right. to do that. So I'm airing him out right here. He has an opportunity <laughs> to say, uh, <laughs> uh, Reverend Roach says Tig. Tig, yes, yes, that's his name, Tig. Yeah, so uh, let's let's just get it done. Uh, Lance, I thank you, you know, for the opportunity to host you. I'd like to have you back again with your wife. Absolutely. To, uh, you know, talk about some of the things that you guys are doing as a power couple. I see you as a power couple. I see you as a couple that are um, moving ahead and doing some things just a little bit different. And so that's pretty cool. Yeah, she's a little on the on the on the conservative shy side, um, which, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of breaking her out, out that shell. Um, but she's like, I, I, I like it over here. On the, on the on the quiet side, she's but uh, she, okay. she definitely she she definitely enjoyed the event at the house um, a couple weeks ago. She said that was okay, a pretty just, nice event. I can she I can now I can do something like that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're gonna have a party. You're gonna be included. Uh, Mark Broach will be included. He's a Dallas Cowboys fan too. He he was just that he was just being honored. Congratulations to him. Shout out to him. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, pretty cool guy. Great wife, a friend of mine, Jennifer. Yes. Um, they're just really cool people. And you know what? It's good to meet cool people. And you're one of those cool people, Lance. And I'm really happy to have the opportunity to engage with you. I want to get more people on point of view to just simply share their point of view. Now, just quickly tell us about some of your plans don't give too much away but where are you moving so, to because folks are saying is cigar sunday's over cigar sunday is over so um i i've i've came to 
I was toying with it and I initially thought that I would go another two years. I said that, you know, 10 years would be plenty uh, for me to run the Cigar Sunday event. Um, and it, it just, I woke up one day and I was, I was in, in, in all, and it, it just toyed with me and toyed with me and toyed with me. And, um, it's an unfortunate situation, um, that there was a shooting that took place in the garage yeah. um, about six weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I, I don't know if that had anything to do with the the number of people that was coming down to the event, um, but we we had one great turnout since then, um, okay. and what I what I said was maybe it Cigar Sunny had just ran its course. Um, that's yeah. That's there, there there are times that things run it run its course. And, um, you know, it just, it, it was, it was time for me and I had to make a, I thought that I had to make a decision, um, and I'd rather make it sooner than later. And right. I said, this, I said to the owner, here's what I, here's what I like about me. Um, I rather leave willingly than for you to tell me you no longer want my business. Right. Um, and you know, I want. I want to make the call and this is the call that I'm comfortable on making. Okay. And when I came home, I actually made the call, um, there at the, before I went to at the house music festival. Okay. Um, and I posted on Facebook. Um, and you know, my wife asked me when I came home, you know, Hey, you okay? Uh, you know, what's up with this cigar Sunday? You know, you cancel. And I was like, it's time. And she was like, how do you feel about it? I said, ask me in the morning. Okay. Um, so, you know, that morning she asked and said, how'd you sleep? I said, I slept great. The fan was on and I didn't wake up in the middle of the night. So, okay. so I'm good with the decision that I made. Um, but what I really want to do is I want to do a version of the Cigar Sunday where I support um, Black-owned businesses. Um, okay. and, and, and entrepreneurs who have businesses that they can, that they can, that we can host so we can travel up and down the East coast to different venues and they can explore different cultures of African-American foods and talk about what they have to offer, experience the cigars culture and experience the uh, drinks that they may serve in those areas uh, and just support those venues. And um, the way I would do that is by creating a reality TV show is the hope to do. I told you he was a man with a plan. I told you that he had experienced strength and hope. Ladies and gentlemen, Lance Lopez. Lance, thank you for a wonderful evening. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, somebody says it's time to move on. And you got to know when to hold them, know when to roll them, know when to walk away, and know when to play. And right now you're playing with a plan. Congratulations. Right, right. Thank you very much for joining us. I am your host here, Annette. My guest tonight on our launch 
point of view episode is Lance Lopez. We'll see you again soon, Lance. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your service. And thank you for your commitment. He's also branching out in another way in politics. He's making moves and making decisions about what happens in our community. Thank you.